This is Getting to Know Your Bible, a program dedicated to the proclaiming of the good news of Jesus Christ. Here's Billy Lambert. Maybe you didn't have the same experience that I had growing up as a child. Maybe you did. But I can remember when I would do something wrong, my mother could just give me a certain look and that certain look would cause me to stop what I was doing or to change my behavior. Well, today we want to talk about looks that change. This is Billy Lambert, and I want to thank you for tuning in to watch Getting to Know Your Bible. And I want to encourage you to continue to, to watch today as we discuss a, a very important uh, place in the Old Testament. And, and we're going to be thinking about looks that change our lives for good. Now today we offer a free Bible correspondence course and I emphasize the course is free in order that you might know more about the course, what is involved in the course, and how you can retake the course. We're going to pause for just a moment. To help you in your study of the Bible, we want to send you this Bible correspondence course. This course is non-denominational. It's based on the Bible. It's conducted by mail, and it's free. To receive this course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, P.O. Box 314, Summerdale, Alabama, 36580, or call toll-free 1-877-711-5214. The sixth chapter of Isaiah is an important place in the Old Testament. I believe that the sixth chapter of Isaiah is where Isaiah receives his official call to the prophetic office. Now what I'd like to do today is to read you just a few of the passages from uh, that chapter. Beginning in verse 1 we read, In the year that King Uzziah died, I also saw the Lord sitting on a throne high and lifted up, and His train filled the temple. Above it stood the seraphim, each having six wings. With two he covered his face, with two he covered his feet, and with two he did fly. One cried unto another, saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of His glory." And the post of the door moved at the voice of him that cried, and the house was filled with smoke. And then I said, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I'm a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For mine eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then flew one of the seraphim unto me, having a live coal in his hand, which had taken the tongs from the, off the altar, and he laid it upon my mouth and said, Lo, this hath touched thy lips, and thine iniquity is taken away. Your sin is purged. And also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall we send? Who will go for us? And then I said, Here am I, send me. There, there are some text in the Bible 
that just almost defy human comment. Just to read them is enough. One such passage is Genesis 1, verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Another such reading would be the 23rd Psalm, which begins like this. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Uh, to me, another verse that defies human comment is John chapter 14. Let not your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. And then another such text would be Isaiah chapter 53. Where, where Isaiah said, Jesus has, was wounded for our transgressions, was bruised for our iniquities. But I think another such place is Isaiah chapter 6. And in this particular text, there are presented three looks that change our lives. And the first of those is a looking up. It was in the year that King Uzziah died that Isaiah said, I saw the Lord. It is the case that people sometimes do not turn to the Lord uh, until there is some happening in their lives, maybe even a tragic happening in their lives. That, that may have been the case with some of you that are watching right now. You never thought seriously about God never thought seriously about Jesus or your soul's salvation until there was some uh, tragic happening in your, in your life. But it was in the year that King Uzziah died that Isaiah saw the Lord. It, it is thought that, I, that Isaiah moved freely among the court of King Uzziah. And it was in the year that he saw the Lord and he said, I saw him and the Lord was sitting on a throne, high and lifted up, and uh, his train filled the temple. Ought not the Lord fill the temple of our lives? Now, above that, there were the seraphim. There were the seraphim, and each one of those seraphim had six wings. And with two of those wings, he would cover his face, suggesting perhaps uh, uh, reverence in the presence of God. And with two, he covered his feet, perhaps suggesting humility. And with two of those wings, he would fly, perhaps suggesting the service that he would render. And those angels, those seraphim were crying out and they were saying, holy, 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 is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of His glory. You know, God is holy, isn't He? In uh, 1 Peter chapter 1, Peter said, Be ye holy, for I am holy. And actually, that is a quotation from the Old Testament. God is a holy God. The Lord is in His holy temple. Let all of the earth Keep silence before him. So Isaiah said it was in the year that Uzziah died that I saw the Lord high and lifted up. His train filled the temple. 
And above it stood the seraphim, and they cried out, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. And he said, And the whole earth was full of his glory. And the whole earth is full of the glory of God, isn't it? Unfortunately, some never see the glory of God in his creation. Psalms 19 and 1 says, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament shows His handiwork. But some have their eyes closed to those things, and they never see the glory of God. We can see the glory of God in the beautiful sunrise. We can see the glory of God in the golden sunset. We can see the glory of God in the majestic mountains. We can see the glory of God in the, in the uh, mighty oceans of the world. We can see the glory of God in the flowers that bloom in the springtime. We can see the glory of God in the face of a newborn child. But some are blind and they do not see the glory of God. But Isaiah did. He said the whole earth was full of His glory. In Romans chapter 1, verse 20, Paul wrote, But the invisible things of Him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things which are made, even His eternal power and Godhead, so that they're without an excuse. You see, there isn't an excuse for an individual not giving glory to God Almighty. In verse 21, Paul wrote, Well, when they knew Him as God, they glorified Him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imagination, and their foolish heart was darkened. Oh, wouldn't it be a wonderful thing right now if all people on planet Earth would bow down before God Almighty recognize God as the creator of all things and that they would honor Him and glorify Him for His majesty and His awesome nature. Isaiah said, I saw the Lord high and lifted up. I saw His train fill the temple and, and the seraphim were crying out, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of His glory. And then Isaiah responded by saying that the post of the door moved at the voice of him that cried and the house was filled with smoke. And I said, Woe is me, for I am undone. We're all undone without the Lord, aren't we not? In John 15 and 5, Jesus said, Without me, you can do nothing. And without the Lord, you can do nothing and be nothing and accomplish very, very little in this old world without the Lord. We need Him. We need Him so desperately today. But He said, Woe is me, for I am done. And He said, I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. And He, and he said, I am undone. And He saw the, the, what the, the sin of the people and he saw his own sin. And then he said, 
that, that, that there was a, one of the seraphim that came with a live coal in his hand and touched his lips. And then he said, your iniquity is taken away and your sin has been purged. So Isaiah had his sin forgiven. He saw his sinful life. He saw his sinful lips. He saw the sinful, sinfulness of the people that were around him. And he had his sin forgiven. Folks, if we want our, our lives to be right, our sins must be forgiven today. But in Isaiah's case, when he looked up and saw the Lord, it changed his life. I would urge each of you that are watching right now to just stop and to, to just meditate for a moment. As we sometimes say, just stop and take a deep breath. And think about who you are. Think about where you are. Think about what you're doing in your life. And then think about God. Think about how great God is. That in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. So they see there was this looking up to God. Then Isaiah took a look at Isaiah, there was this looking in to himself. I, I think one of the most painful things for any of us to do is to look at ourselves. You know, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 13 and 5, examine yourselves whether you be in the faith. Look at yourself. Look at yourself. That's the place to begin. Generally, what we really like to do is we like to look at other people. But the place to start is looking within. Examine yourself. Examine yourself. Take heed unto yourself. According to Paul's statement in Acts 20 and verse 28. Look at yourself. Do you like what you see? You see, the one who can change your life for good is the Lord. 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 17 says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. When we turn our lives over to God, He can take a life that is wrecked and ruined and make something wonderful out of that life. That he did with the man called Saul of Tarsus, a man who persecuted Christians, put people in prison, even was complicit with those that were killing Christians. And he took this man and he made a new man out of Saul of Tarsus. He became known as the great Apostle Paul that went all over the then known world preaching about Jesus. Someone says, well, how can he do that? And it's by the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. In Romans 1:16, the Bible says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth to the Jew first and also to the Greek. I've witnessed this power changing the lives of men. I recall one night, someone calling me, late one night and asking if I would go over to a 
her friend's home to see if I could talk to her husband who had been drinking, heavily drinking, for some six weeks. I said, well, I'll try. I'll go and see what I can do. And when I went to the home, the wife, of course, was expecting me. He was not. And when he saw me, he ordered me out of the house. But I thought he was just a little bit too uh, uh, drunk to be able to, to throw me out of the house, so I decided I'd just sit down and stay. So I began to talk with him. And I began to, to ask him to allow his wife to make us a pot of coffee where we could maybe drink a little coffee, but he just kept on drinking his Bloody Mary. But before I left, after about two hours of sitting there and talking to him, he said, Preacher, I'm coming to church Sunday, and I'm going to let you blabtize me. Now, that's the way he pronounced the word baptize, blabtize you. So you can see he was still a little drunk. Well, two weeks went by, and on the second Sunday, he and his wife both came. When we extended the invitation at the end of my sermon, they both walked down the aisle hand in hand and gave their lives to the Lord, and they were both immersed into Christ that day. From that day until that man died, he never drank another drop of alcohol. I, I talked to some of the men in the church who had known him all their lives, and they said, that man is known as a town drunk. Now, let me ask you something. What can change a life like that? We're talking about be, making some changes and looks that change. It's when you turn your life over to God and when you look at yourself and you see your need of Him, when you get to that point in your life and you say, I am undone without God. Woe is me for I am undone. And you look at yourself and you see the need you have of God in your life. That's when God can take you and make you whole again. So we have a looking up, seeing God. We have a looking in, and we see ourselves. But there's a third look in this reading, and that's a look out or outward. That's in verse 8. And this is where the Lord said, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us. The word us suggests that this is the Godhead speaking. Well, then Isaiah speaks up and Isaiah says, well, here am I, Lord. Why don't you just send me? Send me, Lord. You see, once God takes us and changes us, God can use us mightily in His service. But to be used of God, we must be willing to submit to Him. To say, here my Lord, use me or send me, suggests surrender. It suggests that we love the Lord with all of our heart and soul. And it suggests an attitude of service. You see, we need servant hearts today. Where would we be in the church today without servants? A church without servants would be like a hospital without nurses. It would be like a fire department without firemen. They're servants. We need more people today who will say, 
Here am I, Lord. I want you to just use me, Lord. There is so much work that needs to be done in evangelizing the world for Christ. I have a burden on my heart for our world, and perhaps you feel the same. The world needs to know about Jesus. But we have to have people who are willing to, to be a foot soldier and to carry the gospel to people that have never heard it before. Hear my Lord, just use me. Well, Isaiah asked an interesting question when he said that, and, the, and he said, Go and to this people and tell this people, Hear ye, indeed, but they understand not, and see indeed, but they perceive not. And he said, Make the heart of the people fat, and, and their eyes heavy, and shut their eyes. They see with their eyes, hear with the ears, they understand with the heart, and, and convert and be healed. And I said, Lord, here's his question, Lord, how long? How long? Lord, how long do you want me to be involved as your servant? I, I know of people that have been going to the Church of Christ all of their lives. And, and it seems as though they got to some particular point in their life they thought, well, I've done my part now. I'm going to sit. I'm going to let someone else do, do the work from now on. How long are we supposed to be involved with the Lord's work? How long are we supposed to be going and telling men about Jesus? Just how long? Well, here is the answer. And the answer is, until the cities be wasted without inhabitant, and the houses without man and the land utterly desolate. I would answer that question today. That we are to carry the gospel to the world. We are to have programs like getting to know your Bible, preaching the gospel to a lost and a dying world until the Lord comes again. That's how long. Till there's not a man left on the face of this earth that, that, that has not heard about the Lord Jesus Christ. There's a preacher a number of years ago that by the name of Mid McKnight, and those of you that are watching that are members of the churches of Christ may, may recognize that name. But Mid McKnight went all over the United States preaching and teaching people how to win others to Christ. I heard him make, tell this story one time. He said he was in a place preaching, and he got up and he made this statement. We ought to have a revival or a gospel meeting for a month. And you know, he thought that that would be a challenge for any church to say that they were going to start a revival or a gospel meeting and to preach for an entire month. Years ago, there was a preacher by the name of T.B. Larimore that, that did that in Sherman, Texas, and he did it for six months. Six months he preached. It had a, a pretty big effect on the church. It quadrupled in size during that six months period of time. And so Mid thought he was, you know, really doing something when he said that. But he said after the service was over, there was a young man that came to him. This man was a new Christian. And he said, Brother McKnight, I want to talk to you. And he said, Brother McKnight, I'm ashamed of you. Well, Brother McKnight wondered, why? Why are you ashamed of me? He said, you said, we ought to start a revival, have a gospel meeting or the preaching of the gospel for a month. 
He said, Brother McKnight, we ought to start preaching the gospel. We need to preach till Jesus comes. You know, I agree with that young man, don't you? That we, we can't ever stop. We've got to preach till there's not a single person on the face of this earth that has not heard about the Lord Jesus Christ. How long? Three looks that changed. Have you looked up to God? Do you really believe in God? Do you, have you looked at yourself? Do you see your need of God? If you see your need of God, let me urge you to give your life to the Lord today by believing on Jesus, by being willing to repent of your sins, confess your faith in Christ, by being baptized into Christ. Jesus said, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be condemned. That's found in your Bible in Mark chapter 16 and verse 16. I'd urge you to give your life to Christ today. You say, well, I've been thinking about being baptized, Brother Lambert. I've heard you preach this for a long time, and, and, and I'm convinced that's what I need to do, but I just don't know how to go about doing it. Why don't you contact us, call us, let us know. We do this all the time. We help people render obedience to Christ, and we'll find some servant of God who can immerse you into Christ for your salvation's sake. I want to thank you for watching Getting to Know Your Bible today. And in the closing moments, let me urge you to visit the Church of Christ in your community. Now, I remember being in uh, a state one time far removed from here, and the, there was a couple there who came up to me and they said, You know, Brother Lambert said, We watched your program for a long, long time. Every Sunday, we would just drive right on by the church building here to where they had the sign out, Church of Christ meets here. But one day, we decided to accept your invitation, and we turned in, and we've been here ever since. Well, I want to invite you to come and visit the Church of Christ in your community and also right now. Without any hesitation on your part, please pick up the telephone and call for the free Bible Correspondence Course. Please do that. Now you say, well, I'd rather take it in another way. Well, you can take it online, and the information is on the screen for your doing that as well. I want to thank you for watching today, and until we meet again, may the Lord bless you and keep you is my prayer. We want to help you as much as possible in your search for a personal relationship with God you can now easily access our free Bible Correspondence Course online at gettingtoknowyourbible.com. If there's any way we can help you grow closer to God, please email us at gettingtoknowyourbible at yahoo.com or call us anytime at 1-877-711-5214. Getting to Know Your Bible has been presented by Churches of Christ. If you have a question about the church, or if you would like the location of a Church of Christ near you, or to receive the free Bible course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible. 
P.O. Box 314, Summerdale, Alabama 36580, or call 1 877 5214. Join us next time for getting to know your Bible.